Well, it's week 14. Welcome to the Most Accurate Podcast. In fact, week 14 kicked off last night. We are recording this on a Friday. I'm Anthony Stalter. Uh, John Paulson, my partner in crime, joins me as always from his wonderful home in California. Uh, John, this is the time of year with me living in St. Louis that I've become uh, very jealous of you and uh, the fact that you live on the West Coast. How are you today? Uh, yeah, I won't tell you the today's high, uh, but uh, it's definitely over 70. Uh, doing doing well. Um, enjoying, uh, you know, getting towards the end of the season and uh, ramping into the playoffs, hoping that we can get some subscribers, some championships this year. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to talk normal podcast for us. We'll do we'll hit a little bit on the Thursday night football game. What a mess that was, especially if you're a Raiders fan. Uh, If you're a Baker Mayfield truther, I guess that that final that final drive uh, did some things for you. Uh, But we will spend a little bit of time talking about the Thursday night football game. We'll get into the biggest fantasy football storylines. A lot of injuries to get through. Kenneth Walker will lead that discussion, but we will get to Joe Mixon and Lamar Jackson do an injury roundup as well. Our sleeper sneaky start of the week, John will get to. Obviously, we'll hand out some sneaky starts and then get into our breakout receiver model and see who's popping. But John, it was the it was Baker Mayfield's night last night. Uh, unbelievable finish to that game. It was it, it wasn't pretty from start to finish. The Rams won seventeen to sixteen in a game. Quite frankly, they they had no business uh, winning. Derek Carr was not terrible, but very ineffective. And there was a couple of drives that ended either in field goals or he threw in just a, a pitiful interception right before half. So Derek Carr didn't do the Raiders any favors last night. But from a fantasy perspective, one, I mean, Cam Akers now, two two games in a row now where where he is productive. And what are your thoughts on Baker Mayfield? Yeah, so Wolford got the the start, right? I saw he was supposed to, yeah, but he didn't attempt to pass. So he must have been in on that first drive, just hand the ball off. Like I once again, I'm not going to watch this game. I I, I I'm not going to spend three hours watching the Raiders and the and the Rams play with uh, uh, third string quarterbacks playing for the Rams, but no Aaron Donald because he's the main reason to watch the Rams. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, this was like just a snapshot into my evening. I think it was 16 to three, and I was like, oh, this you know whatever. This is about what I expected. And then next thing I do, I refresh the box score. I come back and it, the Rams won 17 to 16 and looks like it was a late touchdown drive for Baker Mayfield, uh, 230 yards and a touchdown for him. So maybe, uh, a fresh start here again, another fresh start. Uh, Sean McVay can work his magic. We do know that Sean McVay is a good football coach, a good quarterback coach. He did, did wonders with Jared Goff. Um, did well with uh, Matthew Stafford, uh, even though Matthew Stafford, I think we can all agree, was a really physically talented uh, quarterback, uh, thrower of the football. Um, so not surprising that he had a really good year. Um, and, you know, we don't know what his status is. So maybe this is a chance for Mayfield to sort of resurrect his career and get it going again. I mean, we do have uh, a history of, of Mayfield being a competent NFL starter. Uh, it was not that way in Carolina this year. Uh, he obviously had a really poor rapport with uh, the best receiver on the on the Panthers, DJ Moore. And we were happy as DJ Moore <clears throat> managers that Mayfield has moved on. Um, but uh, I guess I'm happy for him. Uh, I like to see underdog stories. I guess he's an underdog now. Uh, and then just looking at the the backfield, yes, it looks like Cam Akers. But based on what we saw last week and this week, it's he's back atop the uh, backfield, which is 
interesting. Uh, he did spend some time away from the team, and there must have been something to sort out there. But now he looks like he's back, at least for the last few games here, where they're just trying to uh, play out the season. Uh, they're winning games and getting themselves into worse draft position. Uh, got got what we thought we were going to get from Josh Jacobs, but the you know the the Raiders passing game just like just looking at it, just dreadful. I mean, 137 yards, two interceptions. Uh, you know, from what I've read, the Raiders were super like trying not to lose, not really yeah. trying to win the game. And, you know, you get three for 71 out of Devontae Adams and that's just about it. And it's not even what we want from Devontae in this situation. So kind of a weird game. And uh, it's just, if you, if you would have fast forwarded from week one and looked at this box score, you would have wondered what the hell is going on with right. Baker Mayfield quarterbacking the the Rams, uh, Ben Skorneck, uh leading the Rams in receiving. No, you know, no Cooper Cup, no uh, Allen Robinson, 2-2 Atwell, 5 for 50, Van Jefferson, 2 for 44 and 1, and Tyler Higby only getting two catches. Oh, yeah, it was it, it was it was ugly. It was what, if you didn't watch the game, it was kind of what you expected outside of the fact that Baker Mayfield did uh, did lead the game. I mean, the, the throw that he made to Van Jefferson on what would be the game-winning touchdown was outstanding. The other, yeah. yeah, the the other play was Skoranek. I mean, Skoranek blows up. He makes an unbelievable catch, and it extends it extends the drive. Uh, so Mayfield can can make that throw to Van Jefferson, but it was ugly. I guess if anybody can kind of figure figure it out or help Baker Mayfield figure it out, it would be Sean McVay. But people may disagree with this because for some reason people seem to really like Baker Mayfield. I guess from his Oklahoma days, but J- Jared Goff's a better quarterback. He's he's I'm not saying leaps and bounds a better quarterback, but he's a better quarterback. And Sean McVay ultimately decided, I, I, I've got to, I've got to find somebody that will actually elevate my offense, which is why they made the trade for Matthew Stafford. So, yeah, I think Baker may have his best shot with Sean McVay, but I, I don't know how much that's saying. But nonetheless, it's impressive when you get traded, when you, when you get picked up uh, on waiver claims, and you've got less than three days to run an NFL offense and you win that you win that game. So uh, kudos to Baker Mayfield, hat tip to him and hat tip to the Rams. All right, John, biggest fantasy storylines for week 14. I know a lot of people are going to be really interested in your thoughts on these key players. Kenneth Walker did not practice this week. Who's going to lead the Seattle backfield in touches? Yeah, and I would expect Walker to miss based on you know what I understand of the injury, but we're keeping an eye on that. It's possible that he could turn around and get a get a limited and, and get maybe maybe play this week. But uh, right now, I'm planning on him missing and don't have him in the rankings. If he is, I mean, if he is, if he does play, he's going to be in the top you know twelve again. Uh, he's an RB one when he plays. Uh, but Tony Jones was the only fully healthy uh, running back on the roster on the active roster, although. Uh, Travis Homer did practice in full yesterday. So that's a good sign for his availability. And he has been ahead of Tony Jones, DJ Dallas. He was he was basically the, the third down back with Walker uh, before Homer got injured. So I think from a PPR standpoint, he's probably the best bet for um, in terms of floor because of you know, his role in the passing game is pretty secure. I would assume three or four catches for him and maybe he gets some carries too. They they haven't shown a willingness or a desire to give him a lot of carries. But if you look at Tony Jones, if he's your other option, he's got a career 2.7 yards per carry. So it's not like, you know, we're talking with Derrick Henry coming in five yards a carry and we want to give him a bunch of touches on first and second down. So um, 
I would, you know, right now I've got it, uh, Jones at 34 and Homer at 37, but I need to adjust for this full practice on Thursday. And I think I'm going to move uh, Homer ahead of, of Jones. And then the other wild card is that they've got a few guys on the practice squad that are probably better than Tony Jones, Wayne Gallman. They just signed uh, Darwin Thompson. And there is a third that I'm blanking on, but I do have the, thankfully have the roster up. The third is Godwin Iguibike, Buike, uh, who, uh, make sure you watch the video of me try to say that and my head pop up trying to say <laughs> his last name. Um, so like, I don't know, I, I'm watching to see who they activate off this group. Cause I, I think probably Gallman is the safest player to just pick up and, uh, or ter- in terms of the Seahawks, give him a first, second down role. I think he's proven himself the most of this, of these guys that we have, uh, with, with Homer probably in a third down role, but they might decide to go and feed the ball to Homer, although he's coming off of injury. So. I don't feel real confident in any of these players right now, but I think Homer would be the PPR play if, if I had to pick one. John, what do you what do you think about the Buffalo backfield situation? You had Devin Singletary, who who has found the end zone a lot over the last month, 14 carries for him last week in that uh, win over the Lions, and he finishes with seven, 72 yards. He added eight uh, eight receptions in that game. But James Cook, that's the that's the back that a lot of people are, are kind of focusing on now. And I, I missed the Patriots game. Excuse me. It was a Thursday night game. Singleton rushed for 13 times, 51 yards, and he had a touchdown. Uh, but James Cook, you know, he's 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 a more explosive back. He's somebody that continues to kind of mix in a little bit. But it, is he a safe start this week against the Jets? The Jets have a pretty good defense. Uh, they're, uh, you know, really, really pretty good against the pass. Uh so-so against the run, I guess, in terms of adjusted fantasy points allowed. But Cook, uh, it does seem like, based on what happened last week, 20 touches to Singletary's uh, 13. I believe that the uh, touches in the first three quarters was like 19 to 8 or 18 to 9. So th- there was a bigger ratio when the game was still uh, in doubt. Uh, Singletary got some some carries late in that or late in that game in the fourth quarter uh, to kind of pad his numbers a little bit. So it does seem to me like they have shifted this backfield to James Cook as the RB one as the lead back. Singletary will definitely get work, but you, so you're probably going to see a rotation, and it might be a hot hand situation where if Cook doesn't play that well and does only gets two yards in his first two carries, then maybe Singletary comes in and, and ends up leading that backfield and touches. But as of right now, if I had both players. I'm starting James Cook, certainly in PPR, half PPR, given his ability to catch the ball. And if we look at the Bills and what they've done over the last year or so trying to secure a passing down back, they signed J.D. McKissick, or they tried to sign, they came to terms with J.D. McKissick, and then he decided to go back to to play for the Commanders. I don't know why you'd do that, but he did that. Uh, And then they decided to go out and draft uh, a passing down back in James Cook. They also went out and traded for Naheem Hines, another passing down back. So it does seem like they want to get their running backs catching the ball more. And James Cook can certainly do that as evidenced by his six for six uh, for 41 uh, yards in the last game. So I would start Cook over Singletary, but I think Singletary is still, uh, you know, sort of a flex uh, option because there is a chance that he could end up with 18 touches or something like that. What's your take on the Bengals' backfield situation? Because Joe Mixon appears like he's going to come back this this week. He's missed the last couple of games now. The Bengals have the Cleveland Browns, so it's a really good matchup. But Samaje P. Ryan has 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 played well in Mixon's stead. I mean, he's he was the clear RB one when Mixon was out. Had a really good game last week against Kansas City. We know that Zach Taylor likes to mix P. Ryan in. 
when it comes to the passing game, uh, the obvious third down situations. For me personally, I don't think Joe Mixon needs to come off the field. He's that talented. But give credit where credit's due. Piran has looked has played well. Is is Piran startable though with Mixon back? Uh, I think in this game against uh, against the Browns, they're thirty second in just a fantasy points allowed to running backs. So this is sort of where we look sometimes for sneaky starts. Uh, especially in a short week like this with six teams on by uh, you look for those second, second running backs in uh, I wouldn't say this is a murky backfield, but the fact that Mixon's coming back from injury and P Ryan has played so well, he might see a few extra snaps or an extra drive or two that he wouldn't have otherwise seen if not for Mixon's injury. And, and then on top of it, you have a fantastic matchup against the Browns. So I think he is startable. I don't know that he's trustworthy, but he definitely could end up with, you know, eight to 12, uh, touches and in a, in a great matchup against Cleveland, he's certainly capable of of scoring points. I mean, he obviously had three receiving touchdowns against Pittsburgh back in Week 11. I believe that was with Mixon healthy or at least yeah. active. Uh, he had another rece- reception touchdown uh, against the Jets in Week Three, uh, and obviously had the great game last week. So he is averaging more yards per carry than Mixon. Uh, he's about 4.42. Uh, Mixon's at 3.8 something. Uh, so they they might decide to work him in a little bit more. Uh, we just, I, I do think that Mixon is still the lead by far and away the lead back in Cincy, but uh, it might be a, an extra series or two where, where P. Ryan's in there. John, moving on to Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, unlikely to play this weekend against the Steelers. He's likely to miss the next couple of weeks after suffering the knee injury uh, from the first quarter last week in that win over the Broncos. I'm in a, I'm in a situation, you and I have a league together, and I have Lamar Jackson as my as my starting quarterback. And I had the choice to either pick up Daniel Jones or or uh, Huntley, the backup for the the Ravens. I went with Daniel Jones, but what are your thoughts on Tyler Huntley? Is he is he a trustworthy start for QB needy fantasy managers? Yeah, he's relatively uh, trustworthy because of the, the the rushing floor. He's got four starts last year. He had forty yards, uh, seventy three yards, fifty four yards, and seventy two yards rushing. So that's a nice floor. Uh, and then he had two touchdowns. Uh, in week uh, 15 uh, against the Packers, of course, who can't, who are always surprised when a rushing quarterback can run the ball. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, the passing yardage aren't, is, you know, isn't great. I mean, he, you know, 219, 215, 197, 141, uh, you know, three rush, three or, you know, two, two passing touchdowns in those four starts. Uh, you know, he does okay when he comes in uh, in relief of Lamar Jackson. Uh, I think he and uh, Daniel Jones are actually really close this week. I have Jones at 14 with a bad matchup against Philly, but you could see that, you know, the, the Giants having to throw the ball more than they'd want to if, if the if the Eagles jump out to a lead there. Uh, Huntley, uh, 19th in adjusted fantasy points allowed uh, to the quarterback's uh, matchup against the, the Steelers. Uh, so I, I feel like they're actually pretty similar players, low-volume low passers, uh, the ability to run the ball, maybe get you 50 to 70 yards rushing and a touchdown. And that's a pretty good floor, I think, for both players. All right, let's do our injury roundup now. I'll go through quickly the the names that uh, other fantasy managers might be might be interested in from an injury standpoint. We'll start off with Mike Williams. Full practice on Thursday, despite having the ankle injury. So it looks like Mike Williams might return this week when the Chargers host the Dolphins. Saquon Barkley, limited with a neck injury. Should fantasy managers be worried 
beat writer Art Stapleton said that the situation is, quote, something to monitor, but doesn't sound like something that should cause serious concern at this point. T. Higgins, limited Thursday with the hamstring injury, midweek downgrade, not great. Geno Smith, limited on, in practice with the throwing so, shoulder, midweek downgrade, same deal here. Portland Sutton did not practice Thursday with the hamstring injury, not looking good, according to head coach Nathaniel Hackett. Amari Cooper, limited Thursday with the hip injury. Leonard Fournette, limited Thursday with the foot injury. DeAndre Hopkins uh, did not practice on Thursday because he was sick. Traylon Burks, the rookie wide receiver for the Titans, did not practice due to a concussion. And quarterback Trevor Lawrence did not practice Wednesday or Thursday because of a toe injury, although he said he expects to play. Uh, what are your thoughts on these players? Uh, yeah, I think uh... – I mean, you summed up their statuses. Uh, I have Mike Williams back in the in the rankings. He was uh, with that full practice. It looks like he's on on track to play. I don't have him ranked exactly where he would be if he were if I was confident he was fully healthy, ready to roll. I have him ranked twenty sixth right now. Uh, and in a short week, that's fairly low for him. Uh, but you have Josh Palmer there and and Keenan Allen back, so. I think that's. I think he's a reasonable start, and you definitely have some upside there. But he's got some downside too. I think I looking at his game log, he has four games with less than twenty yards receiving, which is definitely a low floor. Uh, but I feel like he's close to full health or getting closer to full health. Uh, just worry that he has, you know, suffers another re-injury like he did. He played six snaps and left the game after one catch uh, in that last game that he played. Uh, Barkley doesn't sound like it's too too much to worry about, but Matt Breda would probably be a smart pickup if if you have Barkley and are worried about it. Um, I don't know that I would go out and grab Breda, you know, as an injury stash or attrition player. If I didn't have Barkley, it just depends on who I'm cutting, but he does look like he's fairly close to starting. If something goes sideways with this uh, neck injury and neck injuries are kind of tricky, but it could just be like a sore neck and, uh, nothing really to worry about. Uh, midweek downgrades we've gone over. I mean, I don't know how many times we've talked about midweek downgrades, uh, Anthony, but, they are. They definitely make my ears perk up. My little, my little ears that are too small for my my head. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, T. Higgins. You know, sometimes these things end up being like serious injuries, and then they don't practice on Friday or limited Friday and can't play. And then sometimes it's just, oh, I felt something in my hammy. Uh, let's shut it down for today and come back on Friday, and everything's fine. So it, it really is the Friday practice that that matters for. Um, for these guys, uh, you know, Smith, I'm not too worried about with the, sh sh the throwing shoulder, but we'll see Higgins, not too worried about, but we'll see. Uh, it, I, I think, uh, you know, Sutton is not going to play. I don't have him in the rankings. Uh, Mari Cooper, uh, probably will play. I still have him in the rankings Fournette, This is a, the thing that gets me about this one is that it's a new injury. So he yeah. was dealing with a, the hip injury the last couple of weeks, and now he's got this foot injury and, you know, foot injuries for running backs can be, uh, alarming. So, you know, Rashad White, if he happens to be on the waiver wire somehow, uh, make sure you have him or and or make another plan for uh, Leonard Fournette. Uh, make sure you have a backup plan for him. I'm not worried about the illness with Hopkins. Probably going to play. Burks, I don't expect him to play with a concussion. And then Trevor Lawrence, you know, DNP Wednesday, Thursday, alarming. Uh, toe injuries are tough, but quarterbacks can kind of play through those a little bit better than running backs or uh, receivers uh because they're not cutting as much but uh he, he did say he expects to play so we'll see if that uh, comes to fruition if he doesn't practice today then i'm a little bit even in a limited fashion then i'm a little bit worried about lawrence 
Let's move on to our sleeper sneaky start of the week. John, I mentioned the league that we're in and we use sleeper. It is the uh, one of the fastest growing customizable fantasy football platforms in the industry. If you head to sleeper.com or download the latest app today, you can check it out for yourself. John and I use it for our fantasy league and we've used it the last couple of years. Uh, they, they make it easy to, to draft, whether doing a live draft or for, for our purposes, uh, we, we do one where, you know, we, we kind of, play it off over the you know a couple of couple of days uh but we really like it we like the format uh easy to move players in and out and you know for me the the website is very sleek and the app is uh very easy to use as well so head to again sleeper.com or use the sleeper app and check it out today this week's sleeper sneaky start of the week you chose a running back and it's uh dante foreman of the panthers yeah, and I'd also like to give props to you right now. You're in second place in our in our league, uh, headed to the playoffs. So that's exciting. Um, Thanks, John. If yeah. uh, if I'm if I may put myself down though, this is the first time I think I've made the playoffs in our league, and I've been in it for about eight years. But you know, <laughs> I appreciate the I appreciate the well, my my name is always rebuilding. I was going to say your name is always rebuilding, but you can maybe yeah. change that. Uh, yeah. At this Thank point. you. Um, uh, yeah, Dante Foreman, uh, and I, I should probably keep track of our sleeper sneaky starts of the week because I think the last couple have hit pretty pretty well. But uh, this week, uh, Dante Foreman, great matchup against the Seahawks, 31st in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. Uh, he has four 100-yard games in his last six outings. Um, the, uh, the Seattle uh, Seahawks have given up an average of 181 total yards, 5.23 yards per carry, 1.5 touchdowns to opposing backfield since week nine. So they're their uh, run defense is just in the crapper, and this is the best <laughs> way for uh, Carolina to attack this defense by far. And uh, probably smart to keep the Seattle passing game off the off the field as much as possible. I don't know how much Seattle is going to want to run the ball given their running back situation this week. So uh, Foreman can control the game, and it, you know if he can get going, which I think he will. All right, time for my personal, personally my favorite time for the podcast or favorite segment. It's our sneaky start segment. Uh, John Paulson, if you go to 444.com, he wrote up week 14's uh, sneaky starts. I almost went with a sleeper sneaky start. Sneaky starts. He's got several different quarterbacks you can look at, several different running backs, tight ends, and wide receivers. This, of course, is just your appetizer here on the podcast. But let's start off with Kirk Cousins. Uh, Kirk Cousins, somebody that... You know, not people are not enamored with Kirk Cousins. I don't care how much bling he has, John, after after wins. Nobody's enamored with him, but he does have an absolutely fantastic matchup against the Lions this Sunday. Yeah, and you're such a pro that I could I could uh, picture you at the dinner table just saying sleeper, sneaky start of the week, sleeper, <laughs> sneaky start of the week, over and over again so yeah. that we don't didn't have any more yeah. mess-ups. Which you, Daddy, I what are you doing? We, don't worry about it. <laughs> sleeper, yeah. sneaky start of the week. Anyway, uh, uh, Kirk Cousins, uh, and I almost picked off. So either one of these guys, I have I have them both written up. Uh, this is a great game to attack. As you know, if you're looking for a, a streaming quarterback uh, in a more shallow league, I don't think Cousins is available in a lot of you know twelve team leagues. But yeah. um, they might he might be uh, Goff as well. Uh, Detroit thirty second adjusted fantasy points allowed uh, to quarterbacks. So the best matchup according to our AFPA uh, metric. Um, in the last four games, Alliance have given up an average of 24.8 fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. Obviously, the Vikings have the firepower. Uh, Detroit's uh, off uh, defense is ascending a little bit. I mean, they are a little bit better in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, some teams have had kind of disappointing offensive outings against them, but I think Cousins will uh, will have a good game against Detroit. This should be a shootout. 
Yeah, I think I think a lot of people in the DFS community were upset last week. Uh, Trevor Lawrence didn't have yeah. a, a bigger game, and even though he got hurt, he really wasn't doing anything. The quarterback, the quarterback to have um, had in your lineups last week would have been Jared Goff from a again from a DFS standpoint. But somebody that connected well with Jared Goff was DJ Chark, the former Jaguar. You like him, or at least from a sleep. I always say this, you know, from a, a sneaky start standpoint, you like him. Yeah, and I think he's actually pretty. I mean, I would feel reasonably confident in him if I had to start him this week. It's a, you know, you got six teams on by, so he's higher in the rankings than usual. Uh, but he's coming off that five for ninety-eight day against the Jaguars. You know, I don't know how much of that was revenge. You know, hashtag old old team theorem type right. performance. I mean, that doesn't always pay off either. But he played a lot of snaps. Jamison Williams, you know, was a non-factor. Very. Uh, they, they were very careful about getting him out there too much. They only played him a handful of snaps, so it doesn't appear. And given the way that they've treated DeAndre Swift this whole season uh, through injury, I don't see the Lions, you know, getting Jamison Williams out there for, you know, 40 routes uh, anytime soon. And even if he does, it's probably going to be at the expense of Josh Reynolds uh, and not DJ Chark, who's actually playing well. DJ Chark's playing well. Josh Reynolds is not doing much, much at all. I think the, the matchup I like here is – you know, Minnesota's secondary is pretty slow. Chark has 4-3 speed. I think that there's a chance for one or two deep passes here in this, you know, in a shootout. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, Chark should be on the, the the receiving end of that. I mean, Williams has a chance as well to come out for 10 routes and, and do something. Uh, but I think Chark, with all his snaps and, and routes run, that he has a, he has a be- much better chance. All right, tight end. This is, this is always kind of a... Everybody's always looking for tight ends, streaming options, DFS, DFS options. So what do you like about Hunter Henry on Monday night against the Cardinals? Yeah, I was debating between Hunter Henry, who I can pronounce his name really easily, and uh, Chig Okonkwo. I, I don't <laughs> even know if I'm getting that right. But he's oh, also – a look, go to the article and read my uh, write-up on him. Don't listen to me talk about him. Uh, but he's a very interesting uh, – for the Titans, a interesting prospect in terms of their maybe their tight end of the future. So I think dynasty owners, if they haven't, or dynasty managers, if they haven't already uh, looked at him, uh, he's he's had you know five straight games at least three, thirty yards receiving, but doing it on very low uh, routes and uh, he's, his 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 snaps are increasing. Uh, looks like he's taking over maybe as the Titans' uh, pass catching tight end. But Hunter Henry, I think in. Uh, a great matchup against Arizona. How many how many times have we been target, targeting the Cardinals uh, tight ends for mm-hmm. tight ends? And uh, they're 31st in adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends. Uh, they've given up 6.9 catches for 73 yards, 0.75 touchdowns to the tight end position this year. Uh, Henry's been a little bit up and down, but he had a great game in his last favorable matchup, three for 63 and a touchdown against the Vikings. I always, I always go off sometimes, you know, you call it like the YouTube rabbit hole. I, I always, you know, I, I kind of do like a stats rabbit hole. And I was, I was, I wanted to know which defenses have given up 25 or more points per position this year in fantasy. For example, like the, the Cardinals, um, how many times have they given up 25 or more points in a week to a quarterback? And I think the Cardinals, I mean, I'll have to, I'll have to look at it, but the Cardinals popped in like everything. 
quarterbacks they've got you know four or five times they've allowed 25 or more points wide receivers they led in one category maybe maybe I'll, I'll pull it up uh, so I can pay pay off this tease John but um the, the Cardinals have just been the gift that keeps on giving from from a fantasy perspective uh, last thing John we'll get into our breakout receiver model if you go to four for four.com you could see the breakout receiver model you could see the, all the wide receivers and tight ends that the, the model likes in a given week, but it's really important to, to read, read further because we do give some context to why the, why certain receivers might have better weeks than others. Uh, but John, from, from a week 14 standpoint, who are you seeing? What, what stands out? Yeah, this is a good model. It, you know, they don't always hit. These are players that are underperforming, but are getting usage of players that should be, you know, fancy starters, basically, especially the top, 10 or 20 names that are there and uh, we do have starters that we run out there every week and I, I love it when players that are typically good are uh and product and productive are near the top of that uh table and mike evans i think we were, i feel like we've been talking about him for a month but he's going to hit at mm -hmm. some point and uh he's getting the usage that he needs to get uh his p10 efficiency is right around 100 percent uh but he's underperforming his half ppr scoring by 8.4 points and that's just unlike him uh, and it's really strange because you've got Tom Brady there. So the two have played together. There's no real reason for this not to be working. Um, so I think at some point he's going to to hit and and uh, have a big week. Um, Jalen Waddle uh, also underperforming by about seven points on his 13.1 uh, expected over the last three weeks. He's obviously a fantastic uh, productive receiver. His P10 efficiency is 144. So I'm expecting a big game out of him soon. Uh, Mark Andrews, we didn't touch on him during the Baltimore uh, discussion, but he's, you know, I, I got some questions. Do we bench, you know, Andrews because Huntley's in, but Huntley was actually a little bit better for Andrews. Uh, if you remember at the start of the season, we were, uh, you know, we're talking about drafting Andrews in the second round. Mm -hmm. uh, there were some fantasy analysts saying, no, you shouldn't because uh, he, his numbers were inflated because of Tyler Huntley. So <laughs> like, there were some people that were, that had numbers that said that, or it, it showed that and it did, he did do a little bit better in terms of targets and, uh, and yards and stuff with, with Huntley, but obviously still a great, uh, fantasy tight end with Lamar Jackson at quarterback, but he, uh, underperforming right now by about 4.7 points per game on his 12.5, uh, expected. And then finally, uh, I want to mention Tyler Boyd cause he's always flies under the radar when, Jamar Chase and T Higgins are healthy. Higgins does have that hamstring injury. So a little bit of a question mark there. Maybe he has an in-game setback and now you have Tyler Boyd in the number two role. But I think the big thing for him, not only does he you know, have an 8.6 expected versus a 5.3 actual, um, he's a 121% uh, P10 efficiency. So he's a good player, or at least he was good in the 10 previous games uh, prior to this three-game span that we're looking at. Uh, but uh, Hayden Hurst is injured looks like he's going to be out so that's that is where it opens up maybe two to three extra targets uh for for boyd uh because they don't you know they don't treat their other tight ends like hayden hurst so those guys yeah. are just out there blocking and running some routes uh against air uh but um you know boyd could step in and have a have a good game pretty much anytime so uh i like him as uh, the last uh, breakout receiver this week all right, great stuff, John. I, I did look up the numbers. I don't know if anybody else appreciated, but I know you appreciate it, John. So uh, I, I don't want to just kind of throw stuff out there and not back it up. So uh, the Cardinals, again, this is just how many times a defense gave up 25 or more points to a player in a given week. Uh, the Cardinals 
have given up. And this I didn't I didn't compile it last week, but the Cardinals were also on by last week. The Cardinals have allowed five different quarterbacks this year to rack up 25 or more points in fantasy. Uh, the Lions are the only other team to do so five times. Running backs, the Cardinals have done it four times. Four four different running backs have uh, gained 25 or more points against the Cardinals defense. The high is the Texans at six. Again, not not through last week, so so bear that in mind. Uh, the wide receivers, Cardinals apparently don't give up a, a ton to wide receivers, at least from a 25-point standpoint. The Cardinals, in fact, have never allowed a wide receiver to gain 25 or more points in a given week. And then finally, and this is the thing that really popped out to me because we were talking about tight ends and you had mentioned that, you know, how many times have we targeted them? The Cardinals have allowed three different tight ends to score 25 or more points in fantasy in a given week. And you might say to yourself, well, three, that's not bad. That's the high. Yeah. The Cardinals, there's no and other team. Yeah. That is that's not, a, that's not a position that regularly scores over 25. So right. I, I do think Hunter Henry is a good play this week. Yeah, in fact, I thought about lowering that that number to twenty, and then kind of redoing the numbers for for tight ends only. But uh, John, you're you're absolutely right to target Cardinals, the Cardinals defense uh, when it comes to the tight ends. So that's John Paulson at four for four underscore John. I'm at Anthony Stalter uh, on Twitter. We appreciate everybody listening and viewing the podcast this week. Uh, don't forget to check out four for four dot com. John's rankings are updated frequently, especially when it comes to injuries. John's sneaky starts. Uh, the article is up. We got our breakout receiver model. We got DFS content. We got betting content. So 444.com needs to be your first first and uh, only, only shop for your fantasy football uh, playoffs and your fantasy football advice. See you next time on the Most Accurate Podcast.